this garnishing reality with snippets of realness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's the truth that's good for you, but doesn't necessarily taste great. Doesn't satisfy the palate, right? Doesn't tickle the taste buds. No, no. And then there's like garnishings of pseudo truths that wet the appetite. Amazing. What's to come? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome oh. to the Etch Podcast. I'm oh. Amy, and I'm here with Tim. Hi. Hi, Tim. Uh, how is your Monday going? Uh, well, not reflecting on it just yet. I'm experiencing it. You're so, still in the flow. Yeah, I've not managed to source it back and go, mm, how is it going? Just been gobbling up all the morsels of information delivered to me. All that tasty work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going okay. I think it's going all right. Good, nice. Lots of stuff to keep you busy. Mm. So today we're going to be talking about storytelling. Yeah. Right? Because you're becoming quite a bit of an expert in storytelling. And it's something that you're using more and more with our clients. So one of the things that we've been talking about is using storytelling as kind of a different way of understanding user needs, really, and, and what people want and kind of delivering mm. them what they need. But also well, it's obviously very important from a business point of view as well. Yeah, we, me and you speak a lot about this, don't we? And see eye to eye on it. It's quite a hard sort of thing to encapsulate, isn't it, in uh, a sentence or two? Because um, storytelling is a method of conveying information and that can be applied to so many different things and can mm. use so many different mediums i suppose but we we talk about it a lot in our work don't we in terms of what's the story of the, of you know a customer you know that person has a story people have stories to tell that's a way we can empathize with the audience that we're trying to design something for it's also stories to tell the big vision about something you know hypothesize where things could go the smaller stories aren't there really when we're dealing with the work in a micro level it's like a small story of what a, a customer or a user might do in five minutes that they interact with your product or there's the whole story of like how doing something meaningful in the, the world of product design or design in general can have an impact on somebody's life I so guess a story, it, a story helps us sort of frame things, doesn't it, right? Yeah, it it feels like it takes in um, into account a lot around the context of what people are doing and, like you say, how things fit into their lives and where they might be going and what their motivations and behaviours and what their personality is like almost. Yeah, it's not much easier to do it through a story rather than saying so-and-so is bubbly, likes <laughs> to do this, that and the other. It doesn't really engage you in the same same way, does it? Yeah, yeah. So with with kind of quite a lot of the work that you've been doing recently, I'm going to go straight in and ask you the big oh, question. <laughs> Story, <laughs> are you ready? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I've got a feeling you're going to ask it anyway. Um, story... I'm gearing up for getting down. So. <laughs> Storytelling, uh -huh. is it an art or a science? Well, I've been thinking about this from a different angle. Maybe I'm not even, maybe, <laughs> maybe what I'm about to say isn't a direct answer to that, but I've been thinking about how from the point of view of science let's look at science from a the point of view of discovery which i mean there'll probably be scientists that tell me like totally different things about how they go about doing their work but from how i understand it um we've got to this point in society in humanity um through continuously discovering how things work how to do things and etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and i always think like each discovery is a part of that story right so there's a big 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 story and that's like the story of mankind humankind 
humankind is the correct yeah. term, isn't it? And that's like storytelling through discovery. It's like the next big part of that story, whether it's a scientific or breakthrough, is embarked upon. So, but I mean, open, that's the thing, like, you know, once you've made a discovery, you fit it together and it's like, you know, that's maybe it's halfway through the story of trying to discover a breakthrough. You're, you're creating lots of different bits and you're creating that story and things with science, maybe what actually comes at the end doesn't fit what you thought would be. Maybe there's a story outline or a blueprint, you know, maybe it's like we need to develop this, I don't know, uh, drug that's going to combat cancer or something like that. Maybe there's a new medication for asthmatics or something and it's going to change lives. There's like a story to adhere to and like a mm. reason to like get up in the morning to do it. But the actual process of like discovering it, you're building up a different kind of story, the story of how you got there. Yeah. And that's probably different from the story of why you're doing it. And it might even be different from like the way you anticipated it, it working out. So that's what I've been thinking about from like in terms of storytelling in the world of science. But it's storytelling as an art. Mm -hmm. I kind of think of it as probably differently. It's like it is that sort of let's set a stage for where we can go in the future. Let's get people on board with our visions and whatever. But I don't know. It's so broad, isn't it? I keep thinking about it from the, the point of view of what we do. Yeah. And actually, we can't discount storytelling as an art in terms of movie music lyrics songs, yeah. books fiction and i guess when you think about art kind of the itself. storytelling like the yeah. arc and the travel of the story and you know when you yeah. have the thing that sets up the story you have like the trigger and then you have the the progress and then the climax and then the ending the end <laughs> the result the, the what do they call it the conclusion yes the conclusion um, yeah that isn't that some that's like a, a similarity with science isn't it there's always a conclusion yeah yeah. <laughs> but I you know what I mean though it, it follows like a, a kind of a, a destined track but how you use it kind of within that is there's kind of an art to that really isn't there yeah definitely explain to me how you can use it in your world I think that's quite interesting yeah so I used it for a client earlier this year um, working on a communication strategy around a pretty sensitive um, project which hasn't actually been released yet um, but it was working on a communication strategy to go out to external audiences. And we were thinking about how we would be drip feeding information to these people. And I was using that kind of that story arc of, you know, what's the trigger and then what's the progress and what's the climax going to be and all of these kinds of things. And then against that, I was pinning things like, you know, OK, so what's the channel for this and who does this need to go to and okay. things like that. So it does work across different industries, I think, rather than just sitting down to write a novel or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you're plotting out the story. That's almost like a dynamic story. I mean, how does that look? When you look back at it, does it look like a story? Yeah, so using... yeah, we were able to kind of map the different... I mean, it's it's basically a user journey, but we were mapping it to the different points of a, of a story, mm -hmm. of a storytelling arc. Um, it just seemed to work quite well that we knew that we'd have... Um, there was going to be kind of a little bit of unrest when... Um, Things, certain things were unveiled to people um, mm. but we could explain to people actually you know this is why this is a good thing and this is why this is happening um, and then kind of having the an, an action that was involved of um, getting people to try something mm. um, and then them being able to see that you know that actually this is a good is that almost like things. leaning on storytelling as an engagement mechanism yeah sort in of terms yeah of the arc, like you're talking about yeah. And the different like ways a story can unfold. Yeah. Like, do you think was... people are tapping into like a little bit between science and art? Let's take like a fiction, right? For example, some of them have specific styles and stuff, but do we think that they're tapping into this sort of science meets art? Let's put it this way. People know 
how to use certain, I'm going to say tricks, but mechanisms yeah. and stuff like that to keep people engaged. And stick to a, a formula. Page turner and... is a page turner, right? Yeah. And there's formulas to help storytellers keep people engaged. Yeah. Is that the kind of like part of it that you're leaning on when you're sort of thinking about there's a pain point in the user journey here or uh, I, I don't know what it looked like for you, but I'm guessing, you know, maybe there's like, there's a pain point in this journey here and there's a risk of ab- abandonment, whether yeah, it's the yeah. product or the service. You need to rely on a way to sort of draw them back into continuing doing something. Is that what we are sort of looking at? Though? Yeah, we so were. I'm digging deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It, we, we did kind of use it as a way to almost, yeah, kind of forecast what, you know, what could happen and have a look at the different, what the different outcomes could be when this thing was released to people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you say, one of them was a, a fear of abandonment. People might abandon this um, this service or, um, I mean, yeah, kind of, it felt like there could have been any of a number of outcomes, but through doing wow. this, we were able to kind of think about, okay, actually, how can we get people to this happy conclusion and what can we what information do we need to be giving them and at what point mm-hmm. and through what channels how do we need to be reaching these people at the right time wow that's interesting yeah it was a really good <laughs> exercise actually it's the first time that i'd done that using the the storytelling arc but it worked really well you'd have to show us how to do this Amy. i, think I will do it's, I'll it's link, really intrigued me i'll link it up this is really for the audience but now i'm intrigued so i'm asking <laughs> more questions about it but you've been but working like on um some storytelling prototyping right yeah, I have. Yeah, Been yeah. Looking at um, ways to ideate storytelling. Thing is, IDEO teach a lot about this, which um, I'm learning at the moment. But IDEO um, use design thinking methods to help people create stories. Mm-hmm. Um, blueprints and prototypes are part of that, and getting collaborative feedback and things like that. I'm looking yeah. at at the moment. Um, one of the biggest things when I, I've noticed, like the biggest similarities between design thinking and as applied in any normal situation applied to stories is this, this, this sort of deep rooted empathy building aspect to it, knowing the audience and knowing what they fear and what they don't and what they anticipate and, you know, how to tap into like the audience's needs essentially and craft something that will engage them. I mean, when you, when you say it like that, it doesn't, it sounds like, you know, it sounds obvious, doesn't it really? But you're not always thinking, you're not always joining those two things together. So design thinking and storytelling, I think is quite a unique and interesting place to apply those theories i suppose yeah where um yeah i mean that's where the similarities are i suppose but i think the difference is is like i suppose it is the same i suppose it's the same as product and anything else like when you're diving into designing something for an audience and it's the same for us when we do our research you start to find a thread that's so important i know we've said it before but when you find the thread of similarity of need between a group whether you design, whatever you're designing, that's like the thing to strive for. And I'm learning how to do that in the in the realms of storytelling at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a big audience that I need to talk to, that might be a really big group of people. And I might be trying to address a need or try, I mean, I'll have an agenda. I want to yeah. speak about this and this is the vision or whatever, whatever. But if I don't understand the thread through the audience, I'm not going to address everybody on the same level. But I know this when I design products and stuff, I'm looking for that thread there. So it's like so finding the, the, uh, the commonalities and what people yeah, are yeah. saying when you're, I guess, when you're kind of interviewing well, them and things like that. Yeah, or? yeah. When we do our research, we start, we start going, what the hell is all of this? You yeah. Know? And it's like, so-and-so saying this, another person saying that, we've interviewed this person, we've watched something over here, we've done desk research, you know, you've done language analysis or whatever, and we're putting it all together and we don't really, can't see like any trend, can't see any thread. 
and then eventually you start going oh, okay you know one two three people care about this and why do they care about it and what's the emotional trigger for this that, you know mm. and then you like go okay i've got something strong to hold on to now and we can design around this and it might exclude some people but that's okay <laughs> it has to really but finding that thread with an audience has made me think differently about it it's made me it's, it's interesting because it's similar mm-hmm. but it's made me think differently about presentations okay and stuff like that oh you know, okay so set, how you're presenting yeah. and yeah yeah i mean if you're presenting you're telling a story through presentation always makes a presentation better right i mean mm-hmm. i could be using the video or whatever but i still need to think about it in the same way as anything a service or a product it has to there has to be something that resonates with each audience member there needs to be a shared commonality right if i want if i want everybody in the room to be engaged and invested in whatever the idea is I have to search for that commonality yeah absolutely. it's easier said than done though <laughs> yeah you know but you can use the same methods that we've used for our design research to do it essentially you know but that might be a bit of a spoiler alert if you're trying to like go oh here's a great new idea <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, so, yeah. though, because, yeah, I guess it is when you're when you are presenting something, you're taking them on a journey through your ideas and kind of the knowledge that's in your head, aren't you? And it's, you know, the best way to present that to people, I guess, Definitely. without being too overwhelming yeah. or or anything else. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. It relates to what you're saying. It almost sounds similar to what you now tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds similar to what you've been uh, explaining about using your storytelling mm. arc and stuff like that, where context matters. It's, I think it's easy when you can split it. See, if you've got that group of people and then like in a product, it's like get from point A to B. That was a sound effect I sometimes make when I think too hard. <laughs> you think about like a product, you're funneling a big group of people through it. Let's go, say they're going to a hotel to stay. And you have young couples, old couples, people who like dogs and families. Yeah. They're all coming into it, but then you've got points where you can separate them. Mm-hmm. And then at the point of separating them by understanding who they are that's coming, then you can start designing around context. And the journey and the flow becomes contextual to where you've sort of pointed them, signposted them. You know, let's say it's a website. So mm-hmm. it's great, okay. You know, I've got a family. I've put in that detail somewhere and now I'm taking off to a, a series of pages or a journey that's really relevant to me and speaks to, you know, my core needs as someone with a family and desires. Yeah. But when you're doing that, I, I assume it's a lot easier than you use the story arc to go, there's anxiety at this touch point and it's for these reasons. And you can tailor each one, each bit of storytelling to each one of those contexts, right? Mm. But for an audience, it's different. It's like, can I split you all into groups now? <laughs> but you can't really do that, you see. Yeah. So it's... It's even more important to find the common thread. So everybody that wants to go on a holiday, whether they're old, young, family, whatever, like dogs, mm-hmm. applying that to storytelling means you need to find the common thread or and it might be that they all like to go on holidays, you know, and that thread can be broad or specific, you know. And I think if it's when people try and design, this is why I'm getting worried because it's like when you, when you, when people try to design products and services and they go for the really really broad catch-all like mm. oh everybody likes to go on a holiday and then you're throwing all the information about why holidays are great fun mm. at groups that care differently about what holiday means to them the message gets lost cluttered and people really don't know if this is for them or not right in the context of like web services it's like i see these images and i see this this wording and it looks like it's not really targeting anybody but it, at the same time it's targeting everybody yeah I've, you've got to avoid that and avoiding that through presentations and storytelling is quite difficult yeah yeah especially absolutely. if you're forced to ha- deal with a mixed bag 
else, I could be telling stories on social media all the time, right? Yeah. Speaking to a very specific audience, that's easy. If I speak to a tribe of people, tell stories there, it's it's easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's my challenge. What I'm doing with <laughs> speaking to that mixed group, you see. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, because there's the not always room for a, a really heavily personalised experience. Is there? Quite often, you know, you don't get the opportunity, or or in our case, you don't get the budget to be able to do that. So it's. I suppose not. Finding the best thing that fits the need of people. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think stories are more compelling when they're being told to very, very specific people with like-minded viewpoints? Or do you think stories are I mean, much more, I think mu- there's much more merit in stories that can transcend contextual viewpoints, like whether it's groups of similar like-minded people. Martin Luther King spoke to a lot of people, from lots of different backgrounds, but he found the common thread, didn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's interesting because we've spoken quite a bit before about not just um, shouting into an echo chamber and particularly kind of among agencies and among our peers. Um, But I think also kind of wider, like culturally and politically, Mm. finding something that kind of transcends those different groups is quite difficult, but it is important. I think being able to take on like different viewpoints and understand where different people are coming from. Yeah. I mean, that's supposed to be one of the things that designers are so good at is having that kind of empathy muscle and being able to, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, everyone has it, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, so some people are, are awesome at kind of, I think part of it is just listening to other people as well and taking uh-huh. in, listening to how people are feeling and what people say about things. Mm. And some people are better than that than others. If politicians followed a design thinking approach to understanding people yeah more generally do you think the world would be a better place (laughs) (laughs) if they were to like you know (laughs) apply it to how they um present themselves maybe present present their messages i mean they're all they're all brands aren't they i think there's definitely a massive problem and disconnect between how brands and different organizations are trying to trying to come across as more transparent even if they're not necessarily Mm. actually being more transparent but you know we see Mm. companies who are happy to share product roadmaps and sharing status on things and kind of seeing into the inner workings whereas we still have politicians who kind of have answers that maybe like fob off interviewers or kind of have you know go-to politicians answers Mm. and it feels like you know we're kind of reaching the point where it's like just just give us something honest and if you don't know then just say you don't know (laughs) yeah it's it's one of the things that makes it so difficult to have faith in in politicians or in people yeah Yeah. that's interesting do you think a transparency do you think transparency generally is a good thing i do think so um and interestingly this is one of the things that we used on the project that i talked to you about with the story arc so that was actually I'm gonna, I don't want you to slurp up and say who is (laughs) who's the client (laughs) i can't say i can't say. say um yeah, so one of the things was that we wanted to be really transparent with what was happening, and that was why we chose to use the story arc. So it wasn't like we were just kind of sitting down and blurting out loads of information and either overwhelming people or leaving people with questions unanswered or anything like that. Using that story arc meant that we could actually sit and think, okay, we want to make sure that we're keeping people properly informed at every stage of the journey. So let's map out what all of those stages are and what the best way is for us to give people that information. I think, you know, I think you can you can call it storytelling, but you can use storytelling for the truth and for transparency as well. I don't think they're two separate things. I don't think storytelling only has to be associated with fiction. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. In terms of transparency being a good or a bad thing, mm. 
<laughs> you said it was good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, in every context. Yeah. Yeah. I'm racking my brain. I'm putting, I don't mean to put you on the spot. That's fine. <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't, I think it, it depends. I really do. <laughs> what does it depend on? Um, let, let's put it this way. I think that um, the world of politics could, could be with, do with being a lot more transparent. Mm -hmm. I think big corporations could do with being a lot more transparent. But what they're transparent on, I think, is what matters, okay. of course. Um, so political agendas, they, 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 there is a need to be transparent on them. And, and for the most part, there is a lot of transparency. Um, but there's no thing is anyone could say that they're being transparent in that in that world mm. and still be called to question on it because we just don't believe it. Transparency needs validation as well, right? Yeah. But I think like corporations, yeah, they need to be very transparent and where who who you know what 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 their labor force looks like who they are where they are in the country you know carbon emissions and all this such stuff mm -hmm. should be transparent um they won't be transparent unless we really really do something to change all of that obviously um i think they are making moves to be transparent certain companies but it's transparency in one area and not in another area so when i see You'll get like a coffee company, maybe a chocolate company or whatever. Sure. And it's like, great, you know, there's transparency on how things are produced in one certain line of production, mm -hmm. but there might be huge, huge costs somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah. our perception is sort of changed by what they choose to be transparent on. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's half the truth, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think transparency is, I think it's good in those, in those areas, but sharing like business plans and stuff like that, that, that can be quite good. But again, it depends. Yeah. In short, transparency good most of the time. Storytelling, a blend of art and science. And there are just so many ways to use it in our everyday work that we probably do do all the time anyway, that we're just not really realizing. Of course, people need to tell stories all the time to convince people about their what they want to do, what they want to get done. I use it a lot, even in short form. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do this that way. Because it means this, and you know, doesn't that look nice if we do that or the other? And mm -hmm. How will people benefit from this? You know, just to sort of try and steer decisions being made in the right way. So stepping outside and looking at the big picture in a snapshot, and then jumping back into the granular work, I think is quite quite a good way to use a short form story. Let's not forget, or like having something to anchor back down on. That's the thing. People hear like the words goals, problem statements, uh, scopes, spec, and all of this stuff. Essentially, they're all little players or ways to tell a story, aren't they? Yeah. Doing doing something better. There's a reason to do something better. Improve something. Work on something. There's an outcome, and the outcome usually always is is that it's going to improve something or somebody. Somebody's going to benefit from it, and it's going to improve something along the way. So there's a story from wanting something and and visualizing what that something will look like or what you will look like when you have that something as a company yep. there's a struggle there's a sort of like how how do we get there and what 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 decisions were made to get there the journey you mm -hmm. know the storyline so to speak yeah, yeah players involved in that but i suppose there's this conclusion this ending to this story the aspirational point of it all yeah i guess so we'll conclude our story here for now, though, because we realise that there is a massive rabbit hole to dive down around storytelling and we want to come back and talk storytelling a bit more. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. definitely. Oh.
Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Bye.